Welcome to the Rainbow Room. Our podcast about writing, representation, and gay stuff. Hey everyone! Woo! <laughs> I am so excited today because we are going to be talking about Q-Force and there is a lot to talk about. Eric, I did some research on this piece. I did like a deep dive and I there's just like so much, like, ugh, there's so much great stuff to talk about. You will not believe. I'm so intrigued. You keep, you did a lot of research. A, a little bit. I, I won't talk it up too much. I just like in a short amount of time, I feel like there's just so much fascinating stuff about this show that I was able to like learn a lot of really cool things. Okay. I'm intrigued. I'm excited. Also fun news. So Eric, I made us a Instagram account. I made us a YouTube. I made us a Twitter. My gosh. Uh, and so for when I made us a Twitter account, like since we haven't released yet, I wasn't planning to follow anyone, but Twitter forces you to follow someone and they're like, follow someone now. And then they show you all these lists of like people, but it's like only like celebrities and famous Twitter accounts. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I want the first person we follow to be a gay man. So I just like kept scrolling and scrolling and it kept showing me straight people. And then oh, guess who? Wow. Uh, guess who was finally the first like gay per or queer guy that came up? John Cozart. Oh my gosh! Wait, really? So fun fact, fun flex. We know John Cozart personally. We improvised with him. Uh, I love the idea of like twenty percent of this podcast is just going to be me bra- bragging about like celebrities I've met and interacted with. <laughs> you can and you can keep it that way. That's how we gather clout. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am using. I'm name dropping John Cozart. Okay, enough about John. He's great. Let's go to our question. Uh, do you want me to go first this time? The question is, what's the gayest thing you did this week? Yeah, you, you go, go first. first? And, I'll, and I'll ask you the question. Andrew, Andrew, Ooh, what's the gayest yeah. thing you did this week? Okay. So, I mean, the fun thing is, like, now whenever I go through the week, I, like, think about this. Like, I'm actively gauging, how gay is this? <laughs> Will this be my gayest <laughs> thing I did this week? Uh, no, the gayest thing I did this week was I, um, I went to a gay beach. So, uh, I'm in LA, and I, like, messaged some gay people I'd met. I was like, hey, is there, like, a gay beach here? Because I wanted to check it out. And uh, if you ever go to LA, it's called Will Rogers Beach. And specifically, the, um, like, the gay part. Because it's, like, there's a ton of straight people, and so it took me a while to find you just like I was like walking and walking until I finally like <laughs> found people in speedos and that's how I knew I was in the gay area <laughs> finally yeah it's <laughs> if you ever want to find it it's like moniker ginger rogers beach and it's in front of the chevron if you go you'll see a chevron gas station and the part of the beach in front of the chevron is where the gay area is but yeah it was it was really cool because I just like I walked there the sun was starting to set it was very pretty and like I basically just like there was like two main groups of gay guys and I just like went up to them and I was like hey I'm new here is this the gay beach and they're like yeah one of them offered me a drink and it was just like they were playing music and very like open to talking and stuff and it was just like great vibes and that's what like one thing I love about the gay community is it's like if you go to a gay space it really feels like going to a party you were invited to like it's just that's how I feel that's really nice I guess so I was gonna ask I was like what defines a gay beach is it just like as like you and you said yourself like it was like a space within like a regular beach so is it just like a space for like where the gays congregate or like is there any like special like special meaning to that area at all for it being a gay beach yeah and I'm actually I don't know the history of Ginger Rogers Beach but there's not like a sign or anything right like it's definitely not oh, okay. an official like designated <laughs> I, I love 
love the idea of their like just like natural parks. They have like funding for like designating spaces <laughs> just just to stay queer. We should have that. Uh, but yeah, no, I guess like I guess word just got around, or like people enough people started going, and this we've kind of just claimed this area because um, I've been twice now, and it's like very specific to that one area. Because if you like, I, I think it's busier in the summer, but if you walk like five feet either way, it's it's all straight people again. But yeah, it's just an area that like the gay people like to congregate. And I think during the summer, there's even I've heard there's like there will be like a DJ there like playing music and stuff. It can really become like a big party. See, okay. Sounds like a good time. I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning straight people walking through it and like not like burning alive, but like they're just like, ah, can't be here. And they like feel some kind of fame. They have to leave immediately. <laughs> that just makes me chuckle. <laughs> How was a uh, okay? So, what was the gayest thing you did? The gayest thing that I did today was that I saw the Broadway production, the Broadway revival of Company with Patti Lapone. Oh my god! As one of the stars, it was so gay. <laughs> I had never seen a production of Company. Didn't know, I wasn't familiar with the story. Oh, I, I don't know anything about Company. And I guess you didn't either. Yeah, I just don't. I I knew that it was a Stephen Sondheim musical, and so that's the one thing I latched onto. And I, so I knew it would be good because I know Stephen Sondheim is brilliant. Um, and yeah, I wasn't super familiar with Patti Lapone, but then when she walked out and like started performing, I was like, oh, she has like. She just that police car. She is herself so much. <laughs> you can tell you live in New York. I'll, I'll, yeah, I live in New York. I live in New York. Um, you can tell when Patty Lapone walked out and started performing. She's not a gay individual herself, but she screams gay. <laughs> like she's like an elegant Broadway performer, and she performed in like the not the last song, but like the second to last song of the musical, and it was all her. And like she brought the house down and like so many people were cheering she got much more cheers than like the leading actress oh, no. <laughs> uh, just because she was patty lapone um and so yeah and there was a lot of gay people around me and then when we were walking out of the theater it was so such a cool thing because i was walking behind this like old gay couple and one of them was incredibly tall and i was like why is he so tall and i think he, he was either been like blocked by a car or something but then he stepped out into the street and i saw he was wearing these massive like six inch blue oh heels and i literally i literally just go slay <laughs> and then like three people around me were like right and they were talking about the shoes as well and it was such a funny little moment oh i love that yeah. it was cool it that was gay fun. group mind is um, so to the man i know to the man that wore those amazing blue heels in the streets of new york you went off <laughs> eric have you worn heels before I not like out in public more so I've worn I don't oh I've worn a kitten heel out in public but like I if if I wore any high heel it's like just heels that my mom had in her closet. <laughs> like and I walked around like her her bathroom otherwise not really have wait worn is this heels. like this is like you? when you were a child <laughs> yeah, oh my god of course that's like, classic classic yeah, quintessential yeah <laughs> uh, what about you have you yeah oh my god I. I, they had like um Austin would have like these Austin Texas would have like these uh 
drag pub crawls like people would organize them and so i've worn heels for that and oh my god like i'm i'm like five foot seven on a good day so getting like an extra two inches or whatever those heels give you oh it's intoxicating just like you have to try it out in public (laughs) just being and if you want to like warm up to it like cowboy boots are another great way to like experience this just like anything that gives you extra height it's amazing it's like it just like changes your worldview a little bit because you're like oh this is what it would be like if i was two inches taller and people just look different and you feel more confident and i think that's why like so many men like so many gay men feel so confident in heels because like the extra height is powerful Mm. i love god i my favorite thing is when i watch a drag queen like perform and like the highest heels i've ever seen and they like will like strut they'll have a split they'll do all these things in these heels and i'm like gay men can do anything Yeah, they are. They're hard to balance and they are not easy to like. Yeah, I see some of that. I'm like, girl work. Girl what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was the gayest thing I've done. Yay! Oh, that's such a cute gay thing. I love that. That's so cool that you got to see her live. It was cool, yeah. I didn't expect that. Okay, we have so much to talk about with Q4, so I want to jump into it. First of all... Jump in, dive very, in. So as someone... I've seen it, you haven't. As someone who has never seen Q4s, what is your impression of it? I'm dying to know. Um, I think I watched a trailer for it forever mm-hmm, ago. Mm-hmm. And I've done... And I... from if, if it, Like, from what I remember of the minimal reading I did about it, I know that it's a lot of stereotypes like told within the narrative of the story but they're stereotypes that are really leaned into and they're very self-aware stereotypes and they're not annoying they're not painting people who fall into these stereotypes in like a negative light as a way of insulting them it's more so just like out of pure fun very perceptive of you yes so i want to talk about this trailer because it is the the narrative behind q force is so fascinating in terms of like how what i think happened with it so from what i I watched my first experience of it was a trailer too I think there was a trailer that was like they either pulled up put to put out an ad on Twitter or something like that uh, or people were just sharing it because um, I feel like a lot of people's only experience or at least first experience of the show was the trailer and the trailer I would be willing to bet was edited by straight people uh, because it's just it feels like it focused on a lot of really surface level stereotypes and like the whole trailer kind of reads like a yes queen slay and like it seems like that's all the show is going to be. And so a lot of people before even giving it a chance, I think were turned off on this show because they're like, oh, this is just a bunch of, as you said, stereotypes. It's like, okay, like it's just gonna be really like um, almost insulting, you know? Um, But I think I picked, I had the same reading you did, whereas like I watched it and I was like, okay, yes, this seems to be a lot of like the easy, like, oh, this is what gay is, like choices. But there's also like, there was enough in the trailer that I was like, there's there's something here, like buried under the surface. Like it feels like they actually do know what they're talking about. And so that's why I was like, I'll, I'll give this a chance. I'll give this a watch. Okay, same. And you've seen all of no, it? No, no, I've only seen like the first two episodes. Okay, cool. What, so what would you say is like been public perception of this show? I don't really know a lot of people who have watched this, but... But I think if I have talked to anyone about it, there's a lot of people who have, not a lot of people, but there's been some people who told me that they find it hilarious. Okay, great. And I have no doubt that it is hilarious because the crew that's behind it is like such a funny group of gay male comedians. <laughs> so they they would know how to tackle this in like the right way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah I, um, yeah. 
and so just an, another interesting thing is I, in one of my TikToks, I, I mentioned this, I mentioned Qforce and like, and I, you know, I give it an endorsement and uh, someone commented like, why did Qforce get so much hate? It's so good. And that comment was like one of the mo- most liked comments. So I think a common perception is that everyone thought the show was going to be bad and people were hating on the show. And then people actually watched the show and were like, oh, wait, this is good, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, I can't tell if people thinking it's going to be bad is more so a commentary on how the trailer was made or if it's just us expecting gay media to always be bad mm, mm. like what yeah. where, where do we place the blame now you know <laughs> yeah we're just preconditioned to people making gay stories and getting it wrong that's that's so sad and hilarious <laughs> yeah all right well uh let's see what you think when we actually watch this At this point, Eric and I watch Q-Force. Steve Merriweather, top of his military class, announces he is gay at his promotion ceremony. Director Chun-Li responds by revoking his position and sidelining him to an outpost in West Hollywood. There, the optimistic Steve puts together a top-notch team of queer agents. Twink, the disguise master, Deb, the mechanic, and Stat, the hacker. After 10 years of no real assignments and Steve's first gray hair, the team goes rogue. Following a lead Twink has, they track down a terrorist at a gay bar, fights and chases ensue, and they recover a secret hard drive. V, the highest ranking woman of the AIA, arrives to fire the team for going rogue, just as Stat finishes hacking the thumb drive, revealing plans to a huge US threat. Impressed, V stands up for the team against director Chun-Li, and the team finally starts getting real missions. And we're back! Hello, esteemed guests, listeners of the pod. Our, oh, we need a, we need a name for our fans. Can we call? I was about to, <laughs> okay. Edit this out. I was about to call them. <laughs> 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 edit that out if you want, but also you can leave it in. I don't care. Um, <laughs> definitely can't call them that, but it would be fun if we did. Just an idea. <laughs> you okay? Don't necessarily edit it out. Just like censor it, and I think okay, people okay. will generally know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds a lot like fans. There's your hint. Very close. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, Eric, this is your first time ever seeing this. What What were your thoughts? What was your general impression? My general impression was I loved. I thought it was so funny, and I thought the writing was on point. There was It was very clever writing, and writing that touched on humor that I had just loved in the past and um i'll say it the animation's hot a lot of the characters are hot oh my god <laughs> hey yeah. i love cartoons <laughs> uh yeah yeah i uh i also really like it as you guys probably uh got before we started watching it um i, I think it really like the most important thing is that it's funny and lighthearted, and that's what it, it nails and i would say this is camp i would say that that's what i would categorize this as of course of course absolutely yeah similar to, to what we were talking about with young royals one of the things about this show is that they make a hard they have like um where in Young Royals, it was like, oh, this school is over the top classist. In this show, the director is over the top homophobic. Like he is just a very clear, strong villain, and mm. it it helps make a simple simple premise, right? Like especially when you have something that's only thirty minutes long, it's like you don't have a lot of time to like set up the nuance of something. It's like, all right, let's just establish very quickly that the director of this of the military is uh, not just homophobic, also really sexist. When he's when he's like he's celebrating the new recruits and he's like and for the first time we have our highest number of women ever two one one hot, is one hot funny. one funny. <laughs> 
<laughs> the the first time I watched this episode, I was like so focused on like, oh my god, he's so he's so terrible. Uh, but like the second time watching it, like knowing I was like, oh yeah, this is a comedy, and he's supposed to just be like actively bad. <laughs> they make him say some really funny, horrible stuff. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, the writers' room is like so stacked with so many people that I would love, like any literally any of them, I would love to work with. So I'm like almost hesitant to give any critiques because I just want to butter them up like a pancake, <laughs> as they say in yeah. the show. Uh, yeah, I feel like the the right just the writing was it was written in such a voice that the satire did come across and if you if anyone watches this and like seems that like the show is like being serious in terms of like i don't know i just feel like if someone were to watch this and think that say they were trying to be hateful in any sort of way it would show that they have a clear like misunderstanding of the writing which i think the writing is pretty like hitting you over the head with satire like i think it's pretty easy to follow in that regard yeah yeah the jokes are really funny it's actually my biggest critique of this show at least of this first episode has nothing to do with gay representation or any of that if i could uh rewrite this show i feel like there needed to be so we have this moment where v tries to fire them and i felt like that would have been a a really great moment to like raise the stakes and then like then them have to do like one last thing to prove themselves and get them out of this like pickle because Mm. that problem was just solved right away and what had happened before it didn't feel like enough of a climax so it almost felt like like, anticlimactic when the episode ended i was like oh it's it's already over Mm -hmm. interesting interesting i feel like i have no notes no notes i think i it got me it got it draws you in they do a nice intro and establishing you in the world without any dialogue and the characters are so strong and it gets me excited for to watch further i just they immerse us in the world so well i feel like and give us strong characters to love that you want to stick around yeah that's a really good point the characters in the show are so great tweak is fantastic eric you were laughing at like anything that came out of tweak's mouth eric was just cracking up anything that twink said god twink had that line where it was like like he was just saying respect my work-life balance i'm trying to have it all (laughs) so hard at that (laughs) you also laughed and he's like he had a tattoo in kazakhstan i'm pretty sure it's i'm a little rusty but i'm pretty sure it said like anarchy will come from the blood of the ashes and he's like but i could be wrong That was too funny. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think I they also like they do a good job of having a, a variety of queer characters. Like mm-hmm. it's not just white muscle gays. The protagonist is a white muscle gay, uh, but I also like the protagonist a lot. Uh, but then you have mm-hmm. this more like literally twink, <laughs> and then I don't know is stat trans. They don't you don't really know what stats deal is exactly in that first episode. You don't, but I will say I was reading the Wikipedia, and the Wikipedia for stats character like it just gave a little description and it was like stat a hacker that works at the agency that has a secret of her own Mm. like that's like literally all it said and i was like interesting (laughs) stat is also hilarious because she's so like (laughs) like dark and unemotional and like uh, patty harrison uh, patty harrison who voices that like voice of our generation i love them so much oh yeah yeah i (laughs) i have a fun story about patty yeah i need to hear (laughs) yeah yeah you may have read this too okay so first of all so patty plays stat and patty is a trans woman Mm -hmm. and um basically uh (laughs) she got kicked off of twitter because she impersonated (laughs) uh vanilla nabisco nilla wafers (laughs) 
um, because uh, Oreo tweeted trans people exist, like the brand treated trans people exist. So she impersonated <laughs> Nilla Wafers and said, we, the brand Nilla Wafers, are pansexual. <laughs> God, she is so funny. She loves to just cause drama on the internet, and it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so apparently she did this because it was a critique of pinkwashing, which is a term I had not heard before. Have you heard pinkwashing? No, I've never heard. So basically, it's like literally what we were talking about last episode. So pinkwashing is using gay-related issues in positive ways in order to distract from negative issues that the company has done. And uh, it's, I think it can also just be meant to mean like superficially sympathetic messages. So it's like saying like, we support gay people, which is like, great, but what does that mean? Right? That's just words. You're just kind of, yeah, you're just trying to take a stance without actually like doing anything for the cause. Yeah. Now, I I see that argument, but I also do think like until maybe recently, it was brave. Like, like you know, five or 10 years ago, a company saying like, hey, we support gay people would have been unheard of because it was such a controversial opinion to say that. So like, I do appreciate the fact that there is so much focal support because even now like there are probably brands that say like support gay pride and like do upset some of their customer base so it's not like a zero cost thing to do even though it feels like it to us true 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 i still love love patty harrison and everything that she stands for it's so funny oh yeah yeah i mean <laughs> that, that tweet is hilarious and like mm-hmm. pink washing is a good discussion to have so that's not a critique of no <laughs> Steve is great. Steve, like, just, he feels like a real gay man. I love that finding a gray hair is, like, what finally pushes him to take some action. Because it's like, yeah, that would, for me, too, if I was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. I totally didn't expect the, how V was like, in 10 years, going to be running this place. And then they just go straight to 10 years later. I did not expect that time jump. I thought it was so fun. Yeah, the the pacing of this show is really good, for sure. Mm -hmm. And so, so it's also one thing i just want to discuss about this is they say like a good pilot sets up everything for the rest of the season right like if you watch a pilot you should be able to see like okay you get a sense of like where the characters are at and you can kind of see their potential for growth or like see where that arc is gonna go and i feel like we see that in some ways in this it it kind of has like a ted lasso vibe in terms of like it's a you know steve merriweather is just extremely optimistic right and so you have this extremely optimistic go lucky guy and he's in an environment where he's underestimated and everyone thinks that him and his team are not going to be able to do it. So it does kind of seem like this show is set up for a sort of that same like arc that Ted Lasso takes, which which I'm down for. I love Ted Lasso. Have you seen Ted Lasso? I haven't, no. Girl, get on it. It's a, I know it like sounds like it's just for straight people because it's about like soccer, um, but it is so good. It's also on Apple TV though, so you have to have Apple TV to watch it, but I highly recommend Ted Lasso. Got it, okay. Yeah, it's so good. In Ted Lasso, that pilot does a really good job of like uh, yeah like really setting up who's doubting him and you see it on all sides and then in this show like obviously the director doubts him but the director is also just like so evil to the point of like I don't see that he will be the one that changes right he's not a sympathetic character Um, Mm -hmm. and so maybe V because it does seem like V kind of has this potential for growth where she's like originally taking a stance of like sit down shut up wait your turn and that's all we can do and then she kind of has her moment of like she sticks up for them but she still kind of is Mm -hmm. like hey don't screw this up so maybe she'll won over a little more but Mm -hmm. uh, I do wish there was a clearer picture of like who do we see that we think is going to have this dynamic character arc and maybe because it's more of like a 
silly sitcom. It doesn't need that, right? Like maybe it's just episode to episode. Everything, everyone's going to have their own arc and that's how things are solved. But I'm just thinking of like what could be... One of the reasons I'm saying this is it's really interesting to think about the fact that... I don't know if you saw this. The show has on Rotten Tomatoes a 22%. I did see this. A 21%, but an audience score of 79%. That's such a huge discrepancy. (sighs) Massive. And it just shows how how pretentious sometimes Rotten Tomato can be. And I feel... (laughs) I don't Maybe. even know what it means to be. I don't even know what it means to be a critic on Rotten Tomato. Like, how how do you distinguish yourself as a critic there and not just an audience critic? And then on IMDb, it has a six point four, which also like isn't great. And so it's not great, but it's like I guess it's not terrible. It's not it's not twenty three percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I guess I'm trying to remove myself from like the. I feel like I probably have a clear bias in favor of this show because it's clearly written by gay people for gay people, and the jokes are directed towards me, a gay man. And, right. or, or like not just a gay man like any it's directed towards queer, queer people in general um so it's fantastic so i'm trying to like okay if i wasn't queer would i still be able to enjoy this show and is that the reason for the discrepancy like do you have pe- do you have straight people rating a show that was written for queer people and panning it Honestly, yeah. Like, I, but I guess also, like, it is important to survey an audience outside of the audience it was written for, because then you can still determine, like, the show will be able to learn so much more about, like, how it does on, like, general TV if they do survey outside of the experience. Yeah, yeah. And this is something I think about a lot in terms of, like, writing, because ideally you can write something that's for gay people and straight people, right? Like, you, right. <laughs> it's really nice that we have something written for us, and it's sad that if it doesn't form well for straight people. But if it is something that, like, oh, gay people enjoy more than straight people, it's unfortunate that the opinions of straight people would carry so much weight as to determine their scores on these major, like, rating mm-hmm. factors. Um, and also, I don't know, maybe you, tell me how if you, you have, like, can relate to this, but sometimes I feel like when you have a piece of media where it's, like, it's either, like, a gay piece of media or, like, just some, some experience, and it feels like the praise that it's getting for, like, I feel like I've seen an example of a gay piece of media getting praise because it's not about them being gay it's a love story at its core and it feels it's kind of like "Mm, that feels a little sticky like to like sidestep we enjoyed this this so much because we didn't have to think about the fact that the character was gay at all (laughs) it wasn't about them being gay it was about that they were in love and it's like okay true true that i see where you're going but let's not make that why we love this movie yeah 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 yeah. in an ideal world i would never have to experience anything about gay. (laughs) (laughs) I loved learning about the gay community and I will never speak to them again. Yeah, but on the topic of writing something that appeals to straight people and gay people, I feel like any piece of media should have mirrors and windows. I didn't coin this phrase, but basically the idea is like it gives you a window into another life, like other lives that aren't your own, and then mirrors, which is like you can see yourself. So basically, it's like relatable to like, relatable to you despite it not being your life, but then you still get to like see into other lives. But I mean, I feel like I've experienced in like making TikToks and making stuff where like I've made videos that are very funny to my gay friends and then just do not track to the general public. And that's hard, right? Like, I hope we don't have to pick and choose. (laughs) Oh, like pick and choose who you make content for? Yeah, yeah. 
I guess, like, I don't think you have to pick and choose. Just whenever I hear about creating, it's always, like, make whatever you want to make and make stuff for you. And if it's making you happy, then, like, that's what you make it for. But I guess it's, it, and it dips into being more complicated if you're looking at it as, if you're looking at content creating as a way of being profitable and prolific, which is hard because <laughs> it's, like, you do have to take into consideration an audience. But, like, if you just want to make videos, make them for you. Who cares? <laughs> yeah well yeah and then like even if a piece of media is like universal and accessible there's always going to be some jokes that work with a better demographic or like that maybe True. a specific demographic will get that others don't and i feel like a lot of the jokes here land really well with a queer community and if that's yeah. flying over straight people's heads right and you just hope that the show is still able to to succeed despite not being written for straight people mm-hmm. i also wonder uh, about a straight person watching this and hearing like the gay jokes the queer jokes and like wondering if they are allowed to laugh at it like oh yeah like a a character named twink or like just anything at all about like making fun of like gay people like do they have do they feel guilt for laughing at it like that's i guess that's something i hadn't i didn't thought think about and i wonder if that factored into the reviews it got well as a gay man i give you straight people permission to laugh at all the jokes (laughs) in the show (laughs) you like can laugh at a gay person being made fun of go ahead (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i think that's another really interesting thing is like people some of the negative reviews for this show was that it was like too stereotypical and so if it's like a straight person making that review they're like oh you can't stereotype gay people like that it's like well this is written by gay people and also you're not really the one to make that call also like that's just the point it's the point that it's stereotypical and like that's where the satire comes from but if it flew over their head it flew over their head okay so i I will say the very first frame of the show let's start going through the show point by point the very first frame of the show is like uh zoom in on steve merriweather's nice butt in his pants (laughs) and that moment to me felt like so if i had like seen a trailer and like that was the first thing that i saw it like felt so much like oh this is what we think a gay person will like this is what gay people are they have nice butts in their pants like (laughs) I don't know. To me, it was like a, 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 you know, I think it's still a good, uh, it's not like a bad thing, but it did feel like, okay, is this going to be like a whole series of this? But then it quickly won me over with (laughs) him being high bitch, bye bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I enjoyed like, well, yes, it's not fun to have to make content about like there being like a straight villain at the very beginning. Like they just established the problem in that way. I do just enjoy generally like an underdog story. And so that just made it fun to watch and see them succeed in the end of the episode was really nice. It also very quickly establishes that Steve is extremely competent. Like, it just shows him mm-hmm. completely annihilating this simulated challenge. And all the characters in the show are really competent, which is really cool. It's fun watching people who are so good at what they do be underestimated by everyone around them. Yeah. I also, I love when Steve comes out. He's like, don't ask, don't tell, just got repealed. And he said, none of you asked, but I'm sure as hell gonna tell. <laughs> but I'm sure as hell gonna tell. I really want that to be the new way I come out to any new group of people <laughs> <laughs> that was the, that's the thing there were so many clever lines that like 
kept being funny. Like I, I think back to the line at the, towards the very end where it was where he was talking about like blank is this, blank is this. Spice is hot. Hot is a temperature. Temperature is climate. Climate is change, and change is good. Change is good, and that I was like, that is brilliant. It was so funny, and it was so like such a funny like I guess double entendre. Is that what that's called? I don't even know what that's called. Wordplay. <laughs> Yeah, wordplay. <laughs> it was also cool that, like, since I'm living in LA and I've been to West Hollywood, this takes place in West Hollywood. And, like, they even go to the Abbey, which is a bar I've been to. So that was fun to, like, it's always fun to see places you know represented on screen. Yeah, was it was it even, like, animated in, like, the correct way? Like, did, like, it look familiar? If you had to put yourself in an animated world, like, <laughs> did it seem accurate? Well, I mean, uh, they do, like, pretty generic, like, they just kind of show an open dance floor, so you're not, but they do show a bar, and it's like, I guess that's what the bar at the Abbey looks like and they show guys <laughs> dancing on tape like you know paid dancers dancing on tables it's like yeah that tracks i saw that slay slay i also really liked when steve merriweather is asking like hey does anyone have any ideas for like missions and <laughs> and stat goes before i can give you my pitch what is your definition of treason betraying your country or government yeah i got nothing I have absolutely nothing. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk about there's I just feel like there's so much fun stuff to talk about with the people behind this show. So Eric, if you if you didn't know who had written this show, would you say that there was enough gay men in the writer's room? Of course. Absolutely. Exactly. Yes. Like it's just palpable. And uh yeah, that's true. Like everyone I didn't know this, but like everyone is involved. Everyone involved in this show is is queer. The writers are Sean Hayes, Matt Rogers, Wanda Sykes, Laurie Metcalf. And Dan Levy. I didn't know Dan Levy was a writer on this. That's awesome. Wait, Laurie Metcalf was a writer? Yeah. There was a line. It was, it was bonkers to me to find out that Laurie Metcalf was on this. Because then there was a moment where she was firing them like from the agency. And she's like, let me put this in words that you'll understand. Sashay away, agents. <laughs> and it was so bonkers to like envision her saying that it's so <laughs> funny because i view her as such like a prestigious actor that like for her to act on this like gay man animated comedy is so funny to me i also like i'm pretty sure she's the only straight person in the writer's room so i love the idea of <laughs> us pinning anything we don't think was authentic on her like it was her fault it was her it was her i'm sure she was like shy to suggest anything at all like they need a they needed the straight woman perspective then again we don't is laurie metcalf confirmed straight or is she like bisexual yeah she could be bisexual i don't know true let's talk about the cast because this cast is awesome so first of all this is the most mind-blowing thing to me steve merriweather is played by sean patrick hayes do you know who that is yeah he's um he's that's will and grace right he's jack from will and grace jack from will and grace yeah yeah, yeah. have you seen that yeah it's wild because like jack yeah. is such a flamboyant like character and steve merriweather just feels like total i mean steve merriweather is like feminine in his own ways for sure but like he's not jack and I- i've seen like sean patrick hayes like speak at an award show before and it is really amazing to like watch him like speak in a very just normal masculine way it's really cool like what range she has yeah but i was i was shocked shock and awe i was too i was sort of i was like had an ear open during the show trying to figure out where sean hayes was but then again i remembered i like didn't really recognize what his voice sounded like so i just looked it up and it, <laughs> i was shocked to find out that the main character was him yeah also just fun fact about sean hayes uh he stated in an interview one time that he is quote contributed monumentally to the success of gay men in america and if anyone wants to argue that i'm open to it end quote (laughs) what a badass (laughs) statement i love that badass no yeah that's actually um 
Las Culturistas, the podcast with, uh, hosted by Matt Rogers, one of the voices, the voice of Twink and Bowen. Yeah, Matt they, had, they, the recently, they recently had Sean Hayes on that episode on their podcast and for an episode and Bowen Yang and all of them actually just like compared notes on like being gay and famous and how Bowen made a point of like saying to Sean, he said, if I was famous around the same time as you, I don't think I could have been like out as gay. Like that is such a bold thing that like Sean Hayes was openly gay. Like whenever that he got like critically acclaimed, it was just like around that time. It was like absolutely unheard of to have like an open gay celebrity. Yeah. Good for him. And then Deb is played by Wanda Sykes. Amazing. Hilarious. Wanda is so funny. Incredible. And then we already mentioned that is played by Patty Harrison. Yeah. And the, um, the showrunner is uh, Gabe Liedman, who is also gay. And then Sean Hayes and Todd Milliner were executive producers. And apparently when they were first pitching, when Gabe was first trying to pitch the show, he wanted to basically do like a gay James Bond. And Todd, uh, one of the executive producers, was actually really nervous that the networks wouldn't go for it. They're like, I don't know if they'll go for that like they were calling it the last bastion of like straight people um so they they really thought this is going to be risky and so it's cool that they went with it anyway and that netflix did pick it up like that's incredible so that's really great that's kind of heartwarming for me slay love shout out to you netflix we love you Yeah, I um I really like this show. God, I would I would kill to be a part of this writer's room. I would freaking have a field day. Hire me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I, I was like, oh, go, go, go. You go. Oh, I just need a caveat. I have a job. I'm not trying to quit. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't if want Microsoft listening, during this. <laughs> Microsoft, if you're listening, turn this off. <laughs> no, I, I I do love my job, but oh my god, being part of this writer's room would be fantastic. No, I was thinking about how I would love to be a voice on this show and like I was thinking about like my character I would play it was fun I was like I want to if there's a second if there's just like any more seasons at all and they like have general like I just want to submit a reel to this to be considered because it would be so fun yeah we should apply (laughs) (laughs) it's a reality show (laughs) (laughs) yeah so my last thoughts on this show was just that I think it was really funny it was really fantastic and it left me wanting more and my last thoughts on the show were hilarious gay celebratory it's fun give it a chance and that's been Rainbow Room (laughs) woo gay 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 (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.